Welcome here. It's good to see all of you here, and uh, we welcome those of you who also are joining us uh, on the video feed later this week. Uh, it's glad that it's a, I'm glad that we can do this in this way. Pastor Dean has been preaching to us about uh, remaining faithful to God, and uh, it's helpful in thinking about that when we remember that our God is faithful. So let's, uh, would you take your hymn books and let's sing together number 534, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and let's declare His faithfulness. And since you're all getting up, you might as well stand.
to see all of you this morning. It's a beautiful Sunday morning, isn't it? So thank you all for coming. And uh, if we have any guests here this morning, uh, thank you for being here, and we hope that you feel welcome here this morning. And uh, also we know there will be some watching us later this week online or on TV, and we also welcome you and thank you for joining us. As Pastor Victor already mentioned, uh, Pastor Dean will be continuing his sermon series this morning, and it's titled Remaining Faithful to the Lord, which is based on Daniel chapter 6. I've chosen an opening scripture this morning that isn't connected to that. I'm going to read from Colossians 3, verse 12 to 17 for an opening. And my reason for choosing This passage is that we're seeing rallies and protests become more common these days, and especially in our community. And People are feeling that their rights are being violated, and it seems like there's a spirit of defiance. So in chapter 3 of Paul's letter to the Colossians, he reminds the people and us how, as Christians, we are to live And so verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are God and there is no other. Thank you, Lord, for your unfailing love for us. And Lord, we pray that our lives would be a reflection of who you are. And we fail miserably at that so many times. Forgive us. Help us, Lord, each day to live our lives with compassion, 
with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God, as we begin this new day, we give you thanks for it. You've blessed us with a beautiful morning. And now we welcome your presence here as we have our service, and we ask your blessing on this time. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'll ask Pastor Victor and Heather to lead us in singing again. All right, let's uh, turn in our hymn books to number 543. If we want to remain faithful to God, uh, we also need to remember that he is the one who leads us. And he actually has authority to do that. And we want to do that. He leadeth me.
And part of being faithful is confessing our sins. So let's turn to number 548. Confessing our sins and bringing them to him and letting him wash them away. take a moment to highlight a few announcements in the bulletin. If you have your bulletins with you, on the top of page two, uh, this week at Winkler Birth Teller, there's a few things happening, so please take note of that and take note of those that pertain to you. In uh, Boundary Trails, we have Betty Reimer. Let's continue to remember her and pray for her. Uh, a couple of people have moved. Leona Berg has moved to Tabor Home. And Mary Friesen has moved to Winnipeg. So let's continue to remember these ladies. 
Our missionaries of the week are K&K. And then uh, we have a couple of dates. There are important dates coming up that uh, we should uh, keep in mind. On Sunday, September 19th, we're going to have a communion service. Let's prepare for that. And then uh, a membership meeting coming up on September 27th. And right at the bottom of page two, uh, announcement, looking for Sunday school teachers. So at last report, uh, we don't have any Sunday school teachers. So we need Sunday school teachers. So if any of you feel that you can help in that area, if you feel led to, uh, to uh, volunteer, uh, please call. Now, the number that's given in the bulletin is an incorrect phone number. So if you phone that number, you'll get the wrong person. So don't phone that number. But phone 325-3159. And if you forget that, I'll say it once more, 325-3159. If you don't remember that, uh, call Susan during the week, and she'll put you in touch with the right person. Or she'll she'll give you this phone number. And then uh, just top of page three, we're also looking for a Sunday school superintendent at the same time. So there you can call Eileen Dick if you feel you can help with that. So please look at the rest of the bulletin on your own. Uh, If the ushers are ready, I'll ask you to come forward. And while they do, uh, there's one announcement that's not in the bulletin. It's an expression of sympathy. Uh, Melvin Hepner passed away Thursday, September 2nd, and a private service will be held. So he was a brother-in-law to Tina Hildebrand, Harry and Esther Hildebrand, and Anne and Bill Fair. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, as we have already sung this morning, great is your faithfulness. Lord, no matter what trials and difficulties come our way, you are trustworthy and will lead and guide as you have promised. And Lord, many times our faith is weak, but you are there to help us. And for this we thank you. We know that some from our church are going through some difficulties right now. And we pray for Betty Reimer in the hospital and pray that she would know your presence and your peace. And Lord, we pray also uh, for your healing hand on those who are dealing with health issues at home. We pray for Leona Berg and Mary Friesen and ask that you would uh, help them as they adjust to their new homes and that they would be able to adjust well. We pray for your comfort for the family of Melvin Hepner after his passing. And we pray this for his immediate family and also for Tina Hildebrandt and Harry and Esther Hildebrandt and Anne and Bill Fair. Lord, we thank you for missionaries who have gone out to serve you away from home and often they do this in difficult circumstances. Today we pray especially for K and K, and Lord, we thank you that they've been able to enjoy a break here in Canada this summer, and we ask that you would guide them as they prepare to return. 
Father, as we have needs in our Sunday school, we thank you for those that have served in the past, and we pray that we would have teachers and a superintendent in time to begin the new season. We thank you for rains that you've sent us in the last few weeks and for the rain of this past week. Father, we pray that you would bless the harvest that is still coming in, and we ask your protection over the farmers so that they would have a safe harvest. Thank you, God, for our staff, and this morning we pray for Pastor Dean as he brings us the message. Grant him the words to say and give us ears to hear. And now as we give back a portion of that which you have given us, Lord, we ask that these gifts would be used to further your work. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. morning. Wow, I wish, could you show me if you are a child here today? Oh, of maybe 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 years old. Oh, good, I've got lots of you here. Fantastic. 60 in January. Wow, that is fantastic. Then we'll have to maybe sing happy birthday to you then. Well, What is this? It's a Bible. What's in the Bible? God's holy word for us to read. That is right. And what does the Bible tell us? Everything we need to know. Where we came from. Why are we here? How does God want us to live? And where are we going when these bodies die? And God's word is true. Very, very 
good to know. Well, so how are we today? Uh, are we, as children, looking forward to going to school? Uh, last time I told the children's story, you were just finishing school, and now we're getting ready to go back. And maybe you're not the child, maybe you are the parent of a child. And uh, how are you doing with that, going back to school? Are you excited? Are you afraid? Are you very ready? Well, there will be changes in your life in this next week, uh, going back to school. And by the way, do you think the teachers are excited to go back? Maybe. I think they are. Well, Pastor Dean has been talking about Daniel in this summer and uh, standing firm in faithfulness to God. Standing firm. He's been talking about Daniel. And now Daniel and his friends, uh, they were taken, his friends, there were three of them that we know in the Bible, and their names were Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah. Well, do you know them? They were taken from their home in Jerusalem by King Nebuchadnezzar and his army all the way to Babylon. And that's where they lived for the rest of their life. They were, they were captives. And uh, everything was very new and very different in their lives. There were a lot of changes for them. And they, like Daniel, these three men... They also were challenged to be obedient to God. Now, in this new land, they were, everything changed, and their names changed too. And I think we know these names better. What were they, Diane? Do you know? Yeah, Hananiah was Shadrach. And Mishael was Shadrach, Meshach, and... Abednego, yes. Well, they were also in a very, very difficult situation. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar, the one who took them captive, he was going around taking lots of different countries captive. And he was becoming a very powerful king. And he was feeling very, very proud of himself. And like he was really something. And so he decided that he was going to make a great, big, huge statue of himself. And it was going to be gold, and it was going to be so tall that everybody would be able to see it. Now, it says in the Bible that that statue was 90 feet tall. Does anybody know how tall the ceiling is? Any of you builders that may have been involved? Or just no? Well, I don't know how tall it is either, but the statue was 90 feet tall. So I'm, I, I think it's taller than this. Would I be right about that? Maybe twice as tall as this? Anyway, it was very, very tall, 90 feet tall. And it was all gold. And King Nebuchadnezzar thought, I am so powerful and so great He was so proud of himself, he wanted all the important people from all the different countries that he had conquered to come to this where the statue was, and uh, he was going to ask everybody to bow down 
and worship the statue of him, King Nebuchadnezzar. So uh, the statue was ready. All the important people from all the different countries he had captured were told to come. And he said, okay, now when you hear all this music of all different instruments, when you hear that music playing, I want you to bow down and worship that statue of me. Wow. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a very tough spot. They were one of those important people. They had been given important jobs in King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. And they were there. They were called to this place. Now, what were they going to do? Because they loved God. They loved the one true God. And God tells us, told them, and he tells us in the Bible also, that we should love only him. That we should not make any graven images and bow down to them. And here they were, asked to do exactly that. What in the world were they going to do? Well, they were told that when the music came, they were supposed to bow down. And anyone who did not bow down and worship that statue was going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Wow. Now, this was a very, very difficult situation. Well, the music started playing. They heard it, all the different instruments, and all that field of people, they bowed down to that statue. What do you think they did? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They just stood straight and tall, and they decided to obey God. And not bow down. Do you think they were afraid? Do you think this was a difficult choice for them? Do you think they just went, ah, we're not going to do it? Mm. I think they were very afraid. I think that I think their knees might have been shaking when they stood there, straight and tall, deciding to obey God. Well, there were some guys that went, oh, look at those guys. They're not doing this. So they ran to the king and said, those three guys, they're not obeying what you said. Well, the king called them over and he said, what are you doing? He would give them another chance. So when the music played, they stood straight and tall. And they said to the king, oh, king. Our God is able to deliver us from that fiery furnace and from your hand. But even if he doesn't, we are not going to bow down and worship that statue of you. Oh, that king was angry. He was furious. And he told his servants then, okay, these guys are not obeying. Make that furnace seven times hotter. Well, they got tied up, and they were thrown into that fiery furnace. That furnace was so hot that the guys that threw them in uh, were killed. But as they were in that fiery furnace, all of a sudden, the king jumped up, and he said, what is going on? Now, I don't know if you can see this very well. 
But here are these three men. Here's the fiery furnace. And there are those three men, except there was another man in there. And the king saw that guy. And he said, hold on, what's going on here? Didn't we throw three guys in? Yep. Well, I see the, a fourth man in there. Yeah. So he called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out. And you know what? They were not one bit burnt. There wasn't even a hair on their head that was burnt. Their clothes weren't even singed. They didn't even smell like smoke. God had taken care of them and saved them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided to obey God. And they were willing to die rather than disobey. disobey. And this time God saved them. God doesn't always take hard things away, and he doesn't always save us like that. But he does promise to always be with us. He does promise to give us strength. He promises he will never leave us. So when you children go back to school this fall, this week, you might also need to make some very hard decisions about being obedient to God. You may have to, uh, I don't know what, even being kind to somebody who needs a friend is being obedient to God. You will have challenges. We know that. Decide ahead of time that you will obey God, even when things are hard. Remember, when you go back to school, or whatever changes you're facing, some ladies had to move to a new place. They are facing changes also. Remember that God is with you at school, at home, wherever you are. He won't always take hard things away, but he will give you strength to do what is right. Would you please pray with me? Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. Thank you that you've given us the Bible, your word, your holy word, and that we can read about real people in real time who choose, chose to obey you even when things were very, very difficult for them. Thank you, Lord, that we are not needing to face such difficulties, and we are free to worship and obey you. Father, I pray for all the students and teachers that are going back to school this week. Would you help them to work hard, to be good students, to be kind and friendly, and to be good encouragers? Please give each one of them strength to choose and obey you, even when it is hard to do so. Lord, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning's scripture is found in Daniel chapter 6, verses 16 to 28. I'll be reading out of the NIV Study Bible. Okay, we start at verse 16. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. 
And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverently reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never, never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the king of Cyrus, the Persian, thus far in God's word. What comes to your mind when you hear the words faithful or faithfulness? Perhaps someone who is trustworthy, loyal, a friend, dependable, devoted, genuine, or some other synonymous term. The Apostle Paul, in writing to young Timothy, says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Here's a trustworthy saying, if we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. And if we are faithful, faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Interesting, our call to being faithful, because certainly Daniel was faithful to the Lord. Of course, when we talk about faithful, when God talks about faithfulness to us, it's a one-way street. Do you realize that? That God remains faithful to us even when we are faithless. When we fail, God does not come along and say, Oh, well, that gives me an excuse not to be faithful to you. God expects us to be faithful to one another. God expects us that 
when others fail us, that we still keep our promises. We still keep being faithful to others, for that's the way that God treats us. He is faithful even when we are faithless. The ESV Study Bible explains these verses very clearly by stating this. Verse 13, and I quote, is a reminder of God's persevering power and faithfulness. In this context, to deny him must entail more a serious offense than just being faithless. Denying Christ envisions final apostasy in the contrast with temporary lapse in trusting Christ if we are faithful. Those who deny Jesus will be judged forever because they deny him and they put him to the side never to come back. But all believers sin and God is faithful and will pardon and pardon, restore, and keep those who are truly his. Let me repeat that. Those who deny Jesus will be judged forever, ever. But all believers sin, and God is faithful and will pardon, restore, and keep those who are truly his. Close quote. Now this is not an excuse for believers to sin by not remaining faithful, but rather the emphasis is on the Lord and how he is faithful to us. And we can be excited about that. We can be so thankful that God remains faithful to us. Listen to the words of Brian Dirksen's song that describes the faithfulness of God. It's entitled Faithful One. The words of the song go like this, Faithful One, so unchanging, ageless one, you are my rock of peace. Lord of all, I depend on you. I call out to you again and again. I call out to you again and again. You are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. All through the storm, your love is the anchor. My hope is in you alone. Where should our hope be? Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in one another because we will fail one another. There's just a matter of time before we will let somebody down. We will do something wrong. And if our hope is based on how others treat us, we're in serious trouble. But if our hope is based on the way that God treats us, we are safe. And because God treats us and he is faithful, we too can be called to be faithful to others. And that is an impossible task unless God is strengthening us. We all need a faithful friend, a rock, an anchor, and someone who is trustworthy, reliable, and true, and that person is Jesus Christ. As I said before, Christ also calls us to be faithful to him and to others. You may say it's impossible. It is impossible, and that's the best thing that you can probably say, because then you have to rely 
on Christ and Christ alone. Daniel was a person who was faithful to the Lord, and yet he remained loyal to those who were in authority over him. In the previous message, messages of Daniel in the lion's den, we saw how God continues to use Daniel as he serves in two different kingdoms under four kings. In every situation, Daniel remains faithful to the Lord and at the same time remains loyal to the authorities that are over him. Impossible task? No, it's not. Because Daniel points the way how to be and how to do that. In the previous messages, we have found remaining faithful to the Lord brings advancements as we found in verses 1 through 3 of chapter 6. For Daniel was quickly advanced because of his skill and everything that God equipped him to do. And not only that, he had the hand of God on him. Secondly, remaining faithful to the Lord brings out jealousy in others because they hated this. When they saw Daniel advancing, they didn't like it. Number three, remaining faithful to the Lord brings out plotting by others that the sand traps and the administrators wanted to get rid of. Of Daniel. Number four, remaining faithful to the Lord brings out a person's true character. What was that person's true character, such as Daniel? He went to the Lord. He prayed three times a day. I don't think that necessarily pertains how we're supposed to pray, that it has to be three slotted times a day, but the point is clearly made that if we are going to be trusting in God and working for God, we need to be relying on him. We are like batteries. And you know a charged battery can only go for so long, and then it fails because it has to be plugged into the source. And so you and I today need to be plugged into that source because we can only go so long and we need his guidance. We need to walk with God. And remaining faithful to God, number five, brings out further opposition because that's within intensity really became known. How these other leaders wanted to get rid of Daniel. This morning, message, or the, in this morning's message, we come to the sixth truth, remaining faithful to the Lord. Number six, brings out distress in the king's life. Brings out distress in the king's life. Verses 16 through 18. Verse 16 says this, So the king gave orders, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's dead. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. One can only imagine the mixed emotions that were taking place with King Darius. Here he has to throw Daniel into the lion's den because Darius was lured and deceived by the nobles to write a decree that would prohibit anyone from praying to any God except to him for the next 30 days. Little did he know that, he, that this was a setup that Daniel's enemies was using to get rid of Daniel. Daniel's enemies had caught him praying, and of course he, they reported him right away to the king. And now the king was bound by the law that he had to throw him to 
the lions. There was no way out. But notice, when Daniel is thrown into the lion's den, the king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. Although Daniel, Daniel's God is not Darius's God, the king is more than aware of the power of Daniel's God and the protection that God gave him throughout his lifetime. Remember, how old is Daniel at this time? He's 82 years old. He didn't get this way or to this position simply because he could do things by himself. But he was totally dependent upon God, and God delivered him many times before. Therefore, although the comments look hopeful or wishful, Darius wants to believe that God's Daniel will save him. And he wants to believe that, because he already seen how God had worked in his life before. The way Darius responds demonstrates that the king was deeply concerned about Daniel for several reasons. These are the reasons. Um, First, Daniel was an exceptional leader. That is why, according to verse 3, Darius planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Second, according to verse 4 of chapter 6 that we looked at previously, Daniel's enemies could not find any corruption in him, and he was trustworthy. If one thing they knew about Daniel, he was always trustworthy. Whatever he said, he did it. He could be depended upon. He could be counted upon. He was always trustworthy. And that's, once again, a characteristic of God. He's always trustworthy. He is always there, even when you and I fail him. Third, Darius and Daniel had become close friends. Ultimately, Darius was losing a close personal friend. Following Daniel's descent into the lion's den, according to verse 17, it tells us a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, the ones who were throwing him into the, or wanted to throw him into the prison, into the lion's den. So Daniel's situation might not be changed. Mark Manag, it's hard to pronounce his name, Mark Mangano um, gives us a further understanding when he writes, listen to what he says. The lion pit presumably was a subterranean, in other words, neath the under earth, cavern with two entrances, side and top a ramp for the entrance, and a hole in the roof by which the food would be fed to the occupants. <laughs> and the occupants were the lions. A stone sealed off an avenue of escape. The ceiling by both king and nobles, nobles ruled out any possibility of intervention. Of course, the nobles had Daniel where they wanted him. This effectively Prohibit the king from sending men to rescue him. Close quote. Wow. The king was forced to do what he did not want 
to do. He was set up by them and tricked by the nobles. He did not want to do this, and he had to do the very thing that he could not retract, and that was this law that he had made. So what do you think this event and actions did to the king? Verse 18 tells us, Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. And he could not sleep. At some time in our lives, I think all of us have found ourselves in a similar situation. Have you been there? Having a pit in your stomach and not wanting to eat, drink, or watch, or read, or be entertained? Have you gone through some of the nights where it was sleepless for you for whatever event that you were in? And the stress that was upon you? However, nothing is stated in the way that Daniel was feeling. Did you notice that? Nothing is stated on the way that Daniel is feeling. The reason for this is that Daniel has come to the place of having complete trust and confidence in God. He has complete trust and confidence in God. He's 82 years old. He has seen God work in miraculous ways. He knows what God can do, and he's got total confidence that God will care for him. Thus he could say along with the apostle Paul, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Notice the contrasts of responses between the king Darius and Daniel. This event brought about great distress in Darius, but for Daniel, he was in perfect peace because he knew the living God. He was in perfect peace because he knew the living God. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says this, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. Indeed, Daniel's mind was steadfast on who? God. And that's where our minds need to be. When we go through any troubles or crisis, it's on God and God alone who does not disappoint or let us down. This past Friday, my cousin had surgery to to remove a pancreatic tumor. The previous week, Cheryl and I had the opportunity to go and visit with her and her husband. They both are very committed believers and love the Lord. As we prayed with them about the surgery, Joan said, The Lord had given me a complete um, peace, she said. And she said that throughout that night, I have peace with God. Whatever happens, I know that he is going to take care of me. And I know this will turn out for the good. Then, in the late afternoon on Friday, Warren, her husband, gave us a call after Joan being in surgery for over eight hours. He said the doctor called me and said they were able to remove the complete tumor and the cancer had not spread anywhere else. Yes, it was an answer to prayer, but even if 
she didn't get the answer what she thought she would. She still had complete faith. Complete faith that God would carry her in the midst and the turbulent situation that she was in. And true it is with us that when we are in those situations, we can trust God and God alone. God answers prayer, but the most amazing part was that they had perfect peace in the midst of the storm. God is a God who can be trusted. This leads to our seventh truth of remaining faithful to the Lord. Number seven brings out an opportunity to witness. Whenever we are faithful to God and we are walking, we always have an opportunity to witness. Verses 19 through 22, And after spending a night without eating entertainment and without sleeping, Darius makes his way back to the lion's den. One can believe that the king didn't just shuffle or meander over to the cave, but however he, whatever travel he had selected to get back over there, he went quickly. Verse 19 says, At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. Although this pagan societies, although in this pagan society there were many gods, Daniel lived a life and witness that demonstrated the power of the living God. That's why when Darius calls out Daniel in verse 20, he says, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to rescue, rescue you from the lions? Notice that Darius calls Daniel servant of the living God. Yes, the servant of the living God. The reason is that Daniel demonstrated that he served Yahweh who was living opposed to the gods who were made out of wood and stone, the gods that could not hear, could not see, could not answer. Daniel served and had a relationship with the living God. There's another reason why Darius is so excited to see if God has delivered. Stephen Miller quotes Lacure, and he says, perhaps we should see the king's hasty return early the next morning in the perspective of the ancient Babylonian custom that the victim would be pardoned if he were tortured and had not died by the following day. Subsequent events indicated that this must have been the practice that was involved here. I want you to think about that for a moment. Daniel was thrown to the lion's den, and he came out without any bruising, without any wounds, without anything, which indicated that he was innocent. Now that the king knows that Daniel is alive, Daniel gets to testify. Verse 21 says this, Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and he shut the mouths of the lion. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, 
O King. Three to- three, there are three things that we learn about Daniel and the Lord here. First, it was Daniel's God who sent the angels to shut the lion's mouth. Remember, we just learned a little while ago about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is similar to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they are thrown into the furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar then sees four people walking around. The fourth individual was an angel of the Lord. Or in other words, the Lord himself. And that is known as a theophany. Where God himself came. And he was in that situation along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God is in every situation that you and I are in. No matter how horrible, no matter how hot it would be, or how difficult it may be. Second Daniel indicates that the lions did not hurt, hurt him because he was innocent. And third Daniel has never done anything wrong to the king. He has. He stands before the king guiltless. And he stands before the king with a clear conscience. Here we find that Daniel takes the opportunity to witness to the king. But again, God's hand of protection upon him indicates that he has been faithful to the Lord and loyal to the king. This now leads us to the eighth truth of remaining faithful to the Lord. Number eight brings joy to the king and consequences to the evil doers. Brings joy to the king and consequences to the evil doers. Verses 23 and 24. Verse 23 indicates that the king was overjoyed with what has taken place and orders Daniel to be lifted out of the pit of the lion's den. Daniel's, Daniel, Darius's loyal, faithful, and trusted friend has not, has been not guilty, has been found not guilty and restored to the king. God's, God saving Daniel through a miracle demonstrates that he was a man of integrity and that Daniel was faithful to God. However, Consequences follow for the nobles who schemed this plot. Verse 24 tells us what happens. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Close quote. Daniel did Pray, but he was falsely accused that he was disloyal to the king. There were only two administrators and a small number of satraps who conspired to plot to have Daniel put to death. According to Lacour, one more time, he says it was the Persians' practice to execute the wives and the children of the guilty. The lions had been cheated out of their meal the first time when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. But before the guilty party had hit the floor, they were overpowered by the lions. This 
This day of judgment brought joy to the king and weeping for those who plotted the murder of an innocent man. This now leads us to the ninth and last truth of remaining faithful to the Lord. Number nine, ultimately brings glory to the Lord. Remaining faithful to the Lord ultimately brings glory to the Lord. Verses 25 through 28. In the last four verses, Darius praises the Lord and pays tribute to the living God. He pays tribute to the living God. Listen to the words of this king. Then King Darius wrote to all the people, nations, and the men of every language throughout the whole land. May you prosper grace greatly. I issue a degree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Since Daniel was faithful to the Lord in everything that he did, the king witnessed firsthand how God intervenes and delivers those who trust him. That's why Darius himself praises God's Daniel praises the God of Daniel and makes the degree that the people of the kingdom must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. As believers, we are called to live in such a way that ultimately brings glory to God. There is always going to be conflict in our lives. There will be conflict, whether it's between us and our spouse whether it'll be between us and our children, us and our parents, us and our community, or us and our government. And this is where it comes down to being hard. What do we do when we feel that we have been imposed upon? Do we do what we want? Do we obey the law of the land? Do we do things our way? And what would Daniel do, and how did he react You have to remember that in this story, there are three main characters. God, who is God of everything. Then Daniel, who is the servant of the living God. And then others who represent those who also wanted to put him to death, but also those who loved Daniel, which was the king, and even some of the other leaders who respected Daniel. And here Daniel had to, had to literally balance between how he would be faithful to God and loyal at the same time to those who were over him. Well, I'll tell you one thing that we find about, about Daniel, and it's this, that he was not disrespectful towards the government or even the po- people who wanted to put him to death. Do you notice that? Never does he take shots at them. Never does he put them down. He does what God wants him to do. He honors the Lord. Sometimes, as according to the scriptures, we go beyond what the government wants when God tells us 
what we're supposed to do. And at the same time, that's a thin line because sometimes we are asked to do things that we don't want to do. And although it does not go against the scriptures, we are called to do what is right. And that is a line that sometimes you and I have to distinguish between. And guess what? We can't do it. You can't do it. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because so often you and I, we just pray a little bit. Daniel prayed three times a day. He was getting his directions from God. And he knew what he was supposed to do. If you and I only pray every once in a while, we will never hear God's voice. Because he speaks to us in a quiet, still voice. And through the scriptures, it is our guide. I want to tell you, we have some big decisions to make, but we got to be a praying people and we got to know what God is telling us. Remember that when we are asked to do something, the worst thing that we can do is show disrespect because when we show disrespect, that closes the hearts and the spirits of others who will listen. We might not always agree with what Others are saying, but we show we need to show respect for whatever we're called to do. And yes, there are times we need to take a stand. And I pray that you and I will be people found in prayer like Daniel, that we will be praying daily for the situation that we're in, and we will know how to respond. We serve the God that Daniel served we too can be faithful to God and we can be loyal to those who are over us. The closing songs number 577 in your hymn book, When We Walk with the Lord. Can you please stand?
Second Corinthians chapter 13, the Apostle Paul says to us, Finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and the God of peace will be with you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Heavenly Father, as we pause before you, Lord, we ask that you, you would have your hand upon us. And Lord, we know we cannot do your bidding and bring honor and glory to you if we are not found alone with you, seeking you on a daily level. I pray, Father, that you would call us to a place of fellowship with you, that we would help us realize we cannot live in our own strength. We are dependent upon you. And then in the days to come, when important decisions have got to be made, we, may we be found already praying, knowing what you have placed in our hearts, and as we examine the scriptures, that we will do what is right in your eyes, that we will both be faithful to you, and we also will be loyal to those in authority over us. Go with us now as we go our separate ways. May your peace rest upon us. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. May you go in the peace of the Lord.